Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. How many remember when you first moved to Florida from up north that next winter? You had people want to spend all winter with you from up north. They didn't want to come in the summer. They wanted to come in the winter. If you ever won a lottery, I don't know why you're playing the lottery, shame on you. But if you ever won it, all of a sudden the fourth cousin on the left side comes up. They heard. They want to help you spend the money. Solomon's pretty wise. There was no lottery in those days. The more you have, the more people want to come to help you spend it. So what good is wealth except perhaps to watch it slip through your fingers? Amen. It's amazing to think about the winning dollar amounts in the lotteries these days. Hundreds of millions, even a billion dollars. Many, many people enter, hoping for just a small piece of that lottery pie. The Bible says, though, that money will not give ultimate satisfaction. Only a vibrant relationship with God can do that. Pastor Mark is teaching that just like every other problem you might have, the solution is found in Jesus. He alone can give you the satisfaction that you're looking for. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Philippians chapter 4 as he continues his message, Content with Almost Nothing or with Everything. You and I live in America. By world standards, every person, no matter what, living in America is rich. Could I hear an amen? You say, oh, not me. Well, let me take you to India. You'll be rich. So no matter what you have, no matter what your bottom line is, no matter what your wealth is, you know, and and your value, I don't really care about that. We're basically rich. So as you begin to see that, notice what Paul says. There's these swings in our lives. There's these ups and they're downs. But Paul said, I've learned to kind of have this steady life of satisfaction, whether it's up or down. Now, what kind of ups did Paul have? Well, remember who Paul was. He was a Roman citizen. He had the wealth and the privileges of Roman citizens. Rome ruled the world. He was in the upper class. He was educated by the best teachers in the world. Also, Paul knew the power and privileges of having everything he needed because he was a religious Jew. He was a Pharisee, the cream of the crop. So Paul, before he came to Christ, he knew all those peaks. He knew all those peaks. I want you to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. And I want to look at some downtime that Paul had. You see, you'd say, well, Pastor Mark, if 
If everything was up, I'd certainly learn to be content. No, everything is not going to be up in your life. It's not going to be up in my life either. We know what it is to have those swings. So 2 Corinthians chapter 11, go down there to verse 23. I'll begin kind of in the middle of verse 23. Paul says this, I have worked much harder. I've been in prison more frequently. I've been flogged more severely. I've been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one, the 39 beating. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, from bandits, from my own countrymen, from Gentiles, in the city, in the country, at sea, and from false brothers or false teachers. How many of you would like to take a traveling trip with the Apostle Paul? Everything he's talking about in his life there was down. It was hugely down. Now, during those years of his three missionary journeys, he had plenty of uptimes as well. But these were the downtimes. Look at verse 27. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst. I've gone without food. I've been cold and naked. No clothes. The elite Pharisee, the Roman citizen, cold and no clothes. Every one of you can relate to what I just read. Oh, not the extremes of that. We know being rich and poor and plenty and need. We know that. A few years ago, many of us were just flying high, weren't we? And then all of a sudden, those houses that we were flipping wouldn't flip. The economy plunged. Many of you lost your homes. Many lost your investment. Your net worth went negative. We have so many people today still without a job. We never thought we'd hit the bottom, but we have. So we understand those swings. If I would go down the row, I'd ask you a question. Are you at a peak right now or a valley? You'd be surprised how many ups and downs. So we're no different than Paul. And we need to learn what Paul learned. As you look at that, Paul learned, it didn't matter where it was in life. He learned application makes all the difference. He learned to be content, satisfied because he knew God was in control of his life. And eventually it was going to be okay. Now the key word in those swings of life is one of the five keys I'm going to give to you today. Here's key number one. Write it down. Number one. Be flexible. Paul was able to be flexible with the swings of life, and actually he just evened them out a little bit. It didn't matter to him. Be flexible, content with whatever God provides. Now let me make a statement so you'll understand. At the end of this teaching, here's not what I'm saying. I'm asking all of you to sell everything you have. Put your shorts on and the oldest t-shirt you have and go barefoot and eat grubs till Jesus comes. I'm not asking you to do that. But I do want you to think, do your possessions 
have you? Or do you have your possessions? It's a huge problem. Jesus often spoke, and the Bible very frequently speaks, about the dangers of riches, the dangers of prosperity. I want you to turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 10. One day Jesus was teaching, and he shocked his disciples. And he made a statement that didn't, well, simply didn't make any sense to them at all. Look at Mark chapter 10. Scoot on down to verse 23. Jesus looked around and he said to his disciples, now watch this one. How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Verse 24, and the disciples were amazed at his words. You see, Jewish people in those days equated great wealth and possessions as an evidence that they were Jews. They were God's chosen people. And it was God's blessing on their life. For Jesus to say that great riches, great wealth can be a problem and an obstacle to get into the kingdom of God simply didn't make any sense to them at all. But one day, Jesus met a rich, young ruler who actually came to him. He was Jewish and said, how can I get into the kingdom of God? And Jesus made some statements to him. And the rich, young ruler turned and said, I'm not doing what you say. And he walked away. And the Bible tells us he walked away because he was rich. Could possessions actually keep a person from going to heaven? That's exactly what Jesus says. So it's clear from this context, Jesus was saying this. The danger is that when we have wealth, and by the way, how many of us are rich here? Let me, let me see your hand. How many of us are rich? We're all rich. When we have wealth, wealth tends to make us satisfied with the physical things of life. I got my iPad. Wealth kind of bypasses the spiritual. The real you and me. Wealth tends to offer false security. A few years ago, we wouldn't have believed that one. Look, I got four homes, two apartment buildings, got this, got a great job, my retirement's coming, everything's gone. I'm one, one and a half years to retirement, full retirement when I get there. Now what? Company went bankrupt, retirement's gone, no houses, you're just hardly making it from, well, what happened to the security? And gone. It's gone. And number three, wealth tends to blind us for our need from God. So I want you to write number two. Be careful. Wealth, lots of stuff. And we all have lots of stuff. And I'm not saying not to have lots of stuff. Often causes us to forget God. We simply forget God. Now, when you begin to think about that, let me read to you from Deuteronomy chapter 8. Verse 17 and 18. Just write it down. You know what? You can look it up later. Deuteronomy 8, 17 and 18. Here's what the writer says. You may say to yourself, my power, my strength, my hands have produced this wealth for me. In other words, when, when we have lots of stuff, we kind of sit back sometime and go, well, Pastor Mark, I mean, I'm really blessed. I've got all of this stuff and 
I made the right moves. I'm a wise investor. I'm a person that worked hard. I got an education. And it's, it's, my, it's my power. It's my strength. And it's my hands that produce this for me. Careful. Verse 18 says this. But remember the Lord your God. Now, why would that very next verse say, remember the Lord? Because I've forgotten the Lord. It's all about me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you the ability to produce wealth. Everything you and I have comes as a gift from God. Oh, no, Pastor Mark. If you don't get that, you'll always be miserable in life. Well, I worked hard. Well, of course you worked hard. But it was a gift from God. Now, that same passage in Deuteronomy has a corollary one in the New Testament. It's identical. So when you get a chance, you can write this verse down. You can just put a little arrow and go to Deuteronomy. And Deuteronomy, go back to 1 Timothy 6. Look what Paul says to Timothy. Command those who are rich in the present world, that's all of us here, not to be what? Arrogant prideful, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain. Could I hear an amen somewhere there? But to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with about one thing, or maybe a couple things for our enjoyment. Is that what it says? Now, what's the word everything mean? It means everything. Do you understand that most people outside our church buildings today would call that word enjoyment an oxymoron for Christianity? No, if you become a Christian, you lose everything, you lose all your rights, you're poor mouth, and there's no joy in life. We know the difference, don't we? You see, when you come to Christ, it's absolutely the most exciting lifestyle in all the world. It doesn't matter up or down. We've got God. And we know where we're going. But the world goes, well, I can't be. And so they're looking. They're looking. Happy hour. Thank God it's not an hour. It's all week. Amen. And it's here. It's in my sermons, which always are short. Maybe half the hour and a half. That's all right. All right. Now, understand that serving God is amazing. So we need to learn to face prosperity, because we're all prosperous, without pride. And I'll say this, and I'll remind you. I love to go on mission trips, because it humbles you. When you see the rest of the world, you understand how most of the world... See, Americans that never travel to third world countries have zero understanding of how the world lives. I would say today, at least 4 billion people live very different than you even have any idea. And you'll see later, many of them are fine with it. Now, one time there was a monk who'd spent his life traveling around the world. Someone asked him, who do you like to work with the best? People who are rich? People who are poor? He answered immediately, no kidding, I love to work with the rich, of course. The person responded, but why? And the monk said, the poor live under the delusion that money and possessions can bring happiness and contentment. On the other hand, the rich know 
that money and possessions do not bring happiness and contentment. He loved working with people who weren't chasing the mechanical rabbit at the Greyhound track. Because catching it is empty. The sooner you and I remember that and keep remembering it, the more content we will be. So here's number three. It may sound strange, but it's very true. Number three, write it down. Contentment. Wanting what we have, not getting what we want. I'd love a new iPad, but I want what I have. I'm satisfied. If a new one happens to come along, fantastic. But that doesn't rule my life. It's not about that. So we need to let God decide what we can handle and the details of how that works. You've lived long enough. We're adults. You understand that God simply gives some people more than others. I don't understand that, but they can handle it. He knows how to do that. And he blesses them with it. They can handle without the pride. They're usually very generous, so forth. Now turn to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12, verse 15. Matthew, Mark, Luke. You're close by. And I want to show you something Paul learned. I'm sure he studied some of these writings. And he understood these principles. Here in verse 15, Paul understood the principle of this verse. Jesus is speaking. Notice verse 15. Then he said to them, watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Here's the key. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Contentment, happiness, a purposeful life has nothing to do Number one, with stuff. We all have stuff. Whether it's little or much. My life isn't about my net worth. Now, Solomon was the richest man in all the world. And he wrote some amazing principles. In Ecclesiastes, Solomon writes this powerful verse. Ecclesiastes 5. He says this. Those who love money... We'll never have enough. How meaningless to think that wealth brings true happiness. The more you have, the more people come to help you spend it. Amen. How many remember when you first moved to Florida from up north that next winter? You had people want to spend all winter with you from up north. They didn't want to come in the summer. They wanted to come in the winter. If you ever won a lottery, I don't know why you're playing the lottery. Shame on you. But if you ever won it, all of a sudden the fourth cousin on the left side comes up. They heard. They want to help you spend the money. Solomon's pretty wise. There was no lottery in those days. The more you have, the more people want to come to help you spend. So what good is wealth except perhaps to watch it slip through your fingers? Amen. And then look at the next verse. Better to have little with fear or respect for the Lord. In other words, have a relationship with God than to have great treasure with an unsettled heart, an unsettled spirit in her turmoil. Now, who wrote those? Solomon, who tried to fill his life with purpose and meaning without God, under the sun, never worked. He had houses, vineyards, orchards, servants, herds, tools, toys, treasures. He had 
1,000 wives and concubines. He wrote that. He basically said this. It never brings satisfaction. Now, we know this fact. The more we acquire, the more stuff we have to maintain. It breaks down, you got to fix it. The more bank accounts you have, the more stocks you have. Guess what happens when it comes to, well, tax time. You got to get all those forms. Lord, help us. And they're just so complicated. Pretty soon our lives are complex, filled with pressure. And we discover the key that I told you a moment ago. Instead of us enjoying the possessions, they actually rule my life. Now, we've learned in the last few years how important sleep is to all of us. Because not only does that sleep affect my mind, but it affects my whole body. Solomon knew the truth before Dr. Oz knew it. It's in Ecclesiastes 5.12. Look at it. People who work hard sleep well, whether they eat little or much. But the rich seldom get a good night's sleep. Here's what you want to write. Wealth doesn't bring peace of mind. In fact, to be honest, it usually brings the opposite. How important is a good night's sleep? What price tag can you put on it? You know what our world has done today? And when you travel, and all of us do, I usually say in the medium range things like the Hampton or the Fairfield or Holiday Inn Express or whatever. Even now, and you go to those holds today, you know what they ask you when you check in? What kind of pillow you want? It's like four different, five different kinds of pillows. Now you go to the expensive ones, they don't ask you, they just put like 12 pillows on your bed. Now what are they trying to do? They're trying to get you by the pillow, what? A good night's sleep. It's really not about the pillow. It's about what's going on in here. You see, the hard worker, when he gets home, has a little bit of dinner and goes to bed, he or she is what? Exhausted. Did they sleep well? Yeah, because tomorrow morning they get up and do what? Do it again. The person has lots of stuff. When they lay down, what happens? Their mind doesn't stop. Here's all the decisions. To make the right decision on here, tomorrow i got to do this, i got to do that, and over here, and then move that thing. Oh, there's more accounting over there. Am I talking to anybody who knows what I'm talking about? And so pretty soon we have no sleep. The more we have, very often, the less healthy we become. But we can afford doctors. No, you want to be proactive the other way. And so the Bible warns us about letting those possessions, other than simply basis, just basic things, don't get overdone with it because all night, remember the song, tossing, turning, tossing, and turning all night. Come on. It's a great song. That's what happens to us when our possessions on us. What are we doing all night? Tossing and turning. In today's teaching, you were reminded that although the Apostle Paul was currently in prison, that his life hadn't always been one of poverty and hardship. Pastor Mark shared that Paul had been a high-ranking member of Jewish society with all the perks that went along with that position. Despite his fall from high society, he showed no desire to return to his cushy life. You don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. 
Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today, and we'd love to connect with you. Feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. The next message will conclude content with almost nothing or with everything. Pastor Mark will teach you about what the Bible says riches are. You'll also learn what worldly riches do and what they don't do. There will be instruction about learning how to figure out how God wants you to live your life, as well as steps to begin to achieve this lifestyle of contentment. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in, and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.